Hey everyone, this is Kira from KiraWilliamsFitness.com and welcome to the podcast today. I have um, one of my very, very long time friends. Um, her name is Maya and she's a mom. She works in corporate HR. She's a wife. Um, she's very into health and fitness um, and she she does a great job juggling all of these different um, hats she wears. So I'm going to let Maya introduce herself and tell us a little bit about what she does. And then we're going to dive into what we're here to talk about today, which is basically um, how we can maintain our healthy habits while America reopens um, after this coronavirus pandemic. So welcome, Maya. Thanks for being on. Thank you, Kira. Thank you so much for having me on. This is such an honor uh, to be speaking with you and also just kind of sharing some of my thoughts. But um, I've been a longtime client and friend and follower of you. So this is um, this is kind of surreal to me. So thank you so much. Thank you for being on. So um, go ahead and introduce us uh, to you <laughs> and let us know, you know, a little bit more about what you do professionally as well as personally. Yeah, certainly. So I uh, am in corporate human resources, but I like to say I do the fun stuff in HR. So my role is organizational development, uh, meaning I go in and I make work not suck for people. I work with uh with leaders in the organization, as well as employees to help them develop, help them be more uh, efficient and be more productive and more happy and engaged. Because when your employees are happy and engaged, your your company thrives. So that, that's the perspective I look at. And with that, that means I also get to develop programs and processes to make things efficient or um, better. So my perspective on everything is to come out as how can we make this better? What what's the feedback I'm getting and how do I do it better, do it quicker, more efficient? Where can I cut things that I don't need to do? And that kind of translate into translates to the way I view life in general. Uh, I'm always looking into what are like what are these life hacks that are happening out there? How can I arrange my life where I could make um, make my chores easier, better, efficient? How can I double up on tasks? Where what habits can I instill in myself that make things more automatic? Um, and so that's that's the goal I have, and I the goal. For life in general, and also how do I share these things that I'm learning, and um, that's been really helpful for me with the rest of the world. <laughs> uh, I am I'm a teacher at heart when it comes to those types of events. And so tell us a little bit about your personal life too, because you certainly are not always about work. <laughs> no, no. Uh, I am of the mindset of when work is done, it's done. And it's time to switch off my mind to be uh, a good mo mother and a good wife. Uh, my husband and I, we've been married for 10 years. We've been together for 14 years. Um, it's been a wild journey and I've loved every single moment of it. Uh, but also when you throw in having a child and doing kind of the suburban life, you know, you, you end up juggling a lot. You, you have to juggle 
your house, you have to juggle your relationship, you have to juggle parenthood, you have to juggle your friendships and your uh, family outside of your four walls. So it, it's trying to figure out time management um, in the grand scheme of things. And on top of everything else, then you have your health and your wellness and uh, your fashion and you want to go out and do stuff and eat good food and travel and everything in between. So that that's that's where I try to, <laughs> I don't know, keep myself sane and um, organized. Without the amount of organization you do, I can't imagine um, juggling all those things because that is really so much and you handle it you guys that are listening, you don't know Maya, but like I know, I think I know her pretty well, and she handles it all really gracefully. Um, and so that's why I'm like so excited to have her on today because like she really like she has her stuff together, um, and I think that she can lend some really great advice to all of us um, about how we're going to kind of like handle our lives as we get back into the workplace. And as we get back into, you know, having our social life again, um, outside of quarantine. So before we really dive into what, um, we want our lives to look like, you know, as we head back to work and, you know, back into the reopening, um, let's talk a little bit about our lives before COVID-19 hit. Um, so as someone who spends time, spends their time, um, in the corporate role, what are some of the trends that you've noticed in people's lifestyle habits that weren't the healthiest? So one of the biggest things I see are um, just excuses. People tend to find any excuse they can to eat out every day, have their Starbucks every day, not work out, um, and just in general, not not even go to the doctor for general well, well visits. Because something or other, I have a big project or my children have to go to uh, baseball practice or I have um, I just don't I can't get up so early or I'm always I'm always up late doing X, Y, Z. And, you know, it, it the, the biggest things like if I can put it all into a group, it, it's the excuses that I constantly hear. And a lot of times I, I I used to just jump in and say, well, you can do this and this and this and. Not everyone responds to somebody else giving you um, feedback. So it's understanding that excuses are big. And then also the person, everyone has a different way of approaching their excuses and being aware of where they stand and where what type of personality they have. So outside of that, do you feel like there's just a great amount of like stress and overwhelm and that may or may not be the cause of poor eating and drinking habits, or maybe the poor eating and drinking habits kind of create more stress and overwhelm in a person. But do you feel like that was like a major, major thing that was really at play, you know, before our lives went into quarantine? Absolutely. There was every single minute of a person's day was, was somehow, planned or there was something always going on and so um, I think again that's where the busyness the, the busyness excuse would come in and then when we shut down everything was shut down and all of a sudden we have all the time in the world and a lot of it I think is 
sitting back and reevaluating what were these busy things that I was doing that did not bring joy, happiness, satisfaction, um, and a better wholesome life prior to this. I have to say, um, you know, none of this has been optimal, but since the beginning of, you know, I guess it was the middle of March, um, when everything kind of shut down in Florida, um, I've had so much more time to be able to sit back and evaluate and do do exactly like what you were saying. Just go, okay, what is it that I was doing before that I really wasn't enjoying or wasn't fulfilling me? What can I do to not go back to that? Or, you know, what can I, what, what different, what can I do differently going forward? It was fantastic to have a little bit of extra time to be able to like look at things and really evaluate. So I don't know if you experienced that too, or if you guys listening experienced that, but I definitely did. And so I took full advantage of it for sure. Yeah, it, it was, it was the forced stop. We, prior to all of this, I think we all knew that we should stop and think about things, but that would require us internally, you know, coming to terms with that. But this was an, a forced stop for everyone to just you can't go anywhere. This is it. Mm-hmm. So what kind of shifts did you notice in people's mindset and their behavior as the country did start to shut down? A lot of it was, you know, you it, it was the whole health issue of um, of COVID. Like, how, who does this affect? How does it affect people? What can I do um, with all this time that I have. And I, I think, I apologize if I'm b- bouncing around on some of my thoughts here, but I, I think on one end people, there was a stress response, right? So people were stressing of, oh my gosh, I can't do anything about it. So I'm just going to hunker down and, um, buy all the things that I can control because this is, this is, only thing that I can do so I could I can buy all the snacks and I could buy all the booze and I can buy all the toilet paper because that's what I can control in this situation whereas the the flip side of it the other side and I don't think there's an in between there's a one or the other so on the other side people are thinking okay what can I control again in my situation but will make me a better person I can control uh groceries I can control Uh, walking outside. We were allowed to walk outside, at least in my part of the country. I can control uh, buying gym equipment, even if it was just resistance, resistant bands. So there were things that you can still control that would still bring you better wellness and overall feeling. You can control your mental state through meditation. Meditation takes no equipment at all. That... I definitely see like a lot of, there was a lot of anxiety going on because we're, as humans, we are not very good at uncertainty. And so I definitely feel that like, you know, seeing that Amazon was sold out of toilet paper and all this, all the shelves and, you know, grocery stores were sold out of toilet paper and paper towels and all this stuff. Like, I think you're exactly right. Like it was a control mechanism because we're just not good at uncertainty um, but for those who, you know, really did try to control and in healthy ways, you know, there are certainly ways that you can um, 
be unhealthy and over controlling, you know, like over controlling your food, you know, and going down the rabbit hole, yeah. like, um, you know, eating disorders and, you know, unhealthy relationship with food or like extra exercise, you know, that's not necessarily healthy, but, you know, I think that's a lot of people and I can attest to this because I had a lot of people reach out to me, um, during the shutdown and ask me to start online training because it was something that they could control. Um, so after we all kind of seemed, we've, we've kind of adapted now, you know, we kind of got used to this like new normal. Um, what real changes have you seen occur in people's habits and lifestyles for the better since we've all kind of adapted to like this new normal? I've, I've heard a lot of people and I will speak to some of the employees that uh, at my organization that they just started going on more walks and spending more time with their family and they're not shuttling, um, you know, they're not shuttling their kids from one activity to the other. They're sitting down and they're engaging and having conversations and um, trying to stay active together as a whole. So even though we may be socially isolated from our neighbors, even we're still getting that social interaction from the people that were in our, in our home unit. But, okay. So here's the next question. Well, I kind of two part question. Um, do you think that as we begin, I mean, most it's at this point now, the date of recording is June 25th. Um, most states are some level of of reopen, you know, whether it's restaurants mm -hmm. at 25% capacity or, you know, like some places have reopened their parks. Um, so we're kind of going back into reopening, but we're also going through like another little phase of uncertainty. And I mean, like in Florida, our cases are rising pretty, pretty quickly. Um, and uh, I feel like there might be a little bit more <laughs> people might be going through a little another phase of uncertainty. Um, do you kind of, do you sense that coming on too? Absolutely. Even in myself. Um, but as I know myself and I think a lot of your listeners and followers know you, you are very, um, science driven and you look at, okay, so we're now halfway through the year. We've known about aspects of this virus what are what's the research out there? What's the preliminary research out there that we can go and base our um, decisions on, our educated decisions on? And there's been a lot that's come out that has helped my uncertainty feel better about myself because they're all related to your wellness, your health, a healthier lifestyle, your uh, opportunity to be outside and getting vitamin D, for example, like very tangible things that we can do to help us maybe not necessarily prevent from getting the virus, but prevent us from getting such um, extreme symptoms of the virus. So now that we have had this opportunity, you know, during the shutdown, you know, a lot of us have created these great new habits because we've had this extra time on our hands. What are some of the things that you would suggest people do to continue those great habits as America reopens? I think so before I 
like go into that, I think your um, listeners would benefit from understanding a habit loop um, and understanding how our habits are formed or how we break those habits. And I'm going to take some of my information from James Clear. His book on atomic habits is fantastic, but there's so many wonderful habit books out there. Um, Ultimately, they're all telling you the same thing. They're just delivering their message a different way. So um, this habit loop specifically is from James Clear. And he talks about there's four areas of a habit loop. You have your cue which is the information that's going to predict the reward. So um, if you remember studying psychology way back in the day and we talked about Pavlov's dogs, their cue was the bell ringing. When a bell rang, the dogs knew the food was coming. When the bell rang, they would start to actually salivate. So that's the cue. What is it that's going on that's triggering for you to start this habit? Then the loop goes into the craving. And this is this isn't the actual habit that's being done, but it's the actual state, the change in state that it's being delivered. So things like your thoughts, feelings and emotions um, that is going into beginning this habit uh, uh, position. Um, so then from craving, you go into response. This is the actual thing that you're doing, the actual habit you're performing. Um, which is highly driven by your motivation or a friction of what's happening. So let's say your response is to take a 50 minute walk after dinner. Perhaps your um, derive for it is to be to lower your blood pressure. But what if the friction, what, what if it's too hot or what, or what if it's too cold outside? Um, did you eat dinner late? So now it's just too late to walk outside. Do you have to drive a kid to pra- baseball practice? Are you working late so you can't take um, that walk? So it's that friction that's really going to drive that response that you're wanting. And then finally, you go into the reward. So what's the end state that you're trying to get out of from this habit, such as losing weight, lower blood lowering your blood pressure, fitting to a smaller size, or getting a promotion at work, speaking a different language, publishing a book, you know, that's, that's, what's your final reward state? And then this loop just keeps going on and on and on. And so when you have a good habit that you're trying to create, you have to, you know, make that cue, make it obvious make your craving attractive, make your response easy, and make your reward satisfying. And on the flip side, you just do the opposite if you're trying to break that habit. So make your cue invisible. So if it's, you know, walking, if you're trying to break the habit of eating candy from the candy dish, which is probably not going to happen for a really long time, but if that was the case, make your cue invisible. Walk the other way around, walk the long way around that that person's desk, make your craving unattractive, make the response really, really difficult to do and make your rewards super unsatisfying um, to essentially break that bad habit. So knowing these how a habit works, um, you can better identify like what are the good habits that you want to keep when you go back to work. If you are currently, you know, working out from home and you have a really good process going, 
that's a healthy habit that you can keep. But how do you sustain it when you go back to work, when you have to wake up earlier and you have a commute and you have to get your kids dressed and you have to take the dog out? You know, how can you tweak part of your habit loop to make it so that you can continue to have that good habit going forward? So what what would you really suggest? Like, let's talk about some like real life examples that I think that people are really starting to face. What would you say to a person who you've already used the example of like getting in your workout? What would you say maybe for somebody who when they're home, um, they've taken the time to make really healthy lunches and dinners for themselves and their family. Now, let's say somebody starts going back into the office regularly what would you maybe suggest for them to maintain those really healthy lunches and dinners? Um, I mean, there's definitely um, meal planning. So this is a tangible thing you can do. Meal plan once a week. Um, I, I, I constantly recommend, there's so many great recipe books or apps out there. Um, one that I always recommend is Cook Once, Eat All Week book. And it plans everything out for you. But do what whatever works for your family, of course. But meal plan and meal prep. So if your family tends to eat a hot dinner, they don't like leftovers or reheated things. So obviously you want to you would plan for cooked dinners, but you planned it. You grocery shopped once or twice a week or had grocery delivery. There you go. You're saving yourself some time right there. And then you meal prep and chop all the food that you need to have on hand so that the day of it's almost like a dump and go type of event. You do the same thing for lunches, but lunches you would pre-pack or eat your leftovers, kind of deciding on what it is that you're trying to accomplish. Um, one thing you can do is to start a new habit is to stack it with another habit that you're currently doing. So if you're already meal planning and you're cooking dinner and you are trying to have healthy lunches, stacking a habit of portioning out all your leftover dinners for the week. Um, so you can either eat them for lunch or if your family likes to reheat, reheat the food and go, that's, that's something you can do. But you're already at your counter, at your stove, you cook the meal, you, everyone portioned it out for dinner. And then before you even sit down and eat, you just go and portion out your, the rest into your Tupperware. That sounds, that makes it sound so much easier. One thing, um, so another like thing that I come across with people, you know, is they're kind of nervous about how they're going to fit their gym into their week, you know, their gym workout into their weekly routine again. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, I know you've kind of addressed this, but like where you're talking about stacking, um, going ahead, like when you get home and you're emptying your gym bag, going ahead and just putting the things back into your gym bag, like your clothes for the next day. Um, don't empty out your gym bag and then not put in your clothes for the next day. Just go ahead and do that right at the same time. So that way you're ready for your workout the next day. Yep. And it, it also goes into the the, the, the whole willpower um, and self-control part of it. So the more you can do 
in the moment or on the spot that will where you don't have to think about it or even remember it, the easier it will be for the rest of the Willpower is, it's a muscle. It's like doing bicep curls over and over all day long, no matter how little the weight is, you know, even if your bicep, if you're curling um, a five, two pounder dumbbell, if you're doing it all day long, your muscle will be incredibly fatigued. And that's exactly the same way that willpower works. So if you could stack your habits, pre-plan things, um, do it the night before, you're leaving your mental state and a better for a better chance to focus on things that will bring you joy. Or, you know, maybe you want to plan an awesome vacation for 2021. You're going to have more mental capability to do that if you are pre-planning things the night before or stacking things or, you know, emptying. As soon as you empty the gym bag, you you put things, um, your new clothes right in or you plan your even as little as planning your outfit for work the night before. So why do you think that it's, sorry, my text message keeps going out. I don't know if you guys can hear that, but I apologize. Um, And I don't know how to actually turn off on my new computer, (laughs) the alerts from, um, for messages, but anyhow. um, So why do you think that it's so difficult for people to make new habits stick and what can we do to overcome that? There's a few things. It, it depends. I always say it always depends. It, it depends on the personality that who you are as an individual and what motivates you is going to help you stick with the habit. Um, and there's a lot of good resources out there and different personality assessments out there. Um, I really like Gretchen Rubin's uh, Four Tendencies, which is a really easy, free assessment that you can do, kind of figure out where you are. And then you, you have to figure out What's your tendency and personality and plan your habits and things that you want to accomplish around that. So, for example, if you are someone who um, is really good at being accountable to yourself, creating a calendar and marking off the calendar on the days that you worked out or um, pre-planning your meals or um, understanding what calories, macro, you know, whatever it is that you're trying to achieve in terms of a healthy lifestyle or even checking off the days that you meditate. You know that you have that calendar and you check it off and you are good to go and you don't need anyone else. If you're someone who, like me, I want to know the why. I want to know the science. I want to know the research before I fully dive into something. I know that about myself to make so that I could create a good habit. So I, I do that and I go in and I research and figure out um, my why behind this habit that I'm trying to change. And you could also be somebody who knows you need other people to stay accountable to. So whether that's a group, a coach, a trainer, um, or just in general, you know, a group of friends that you're trying to hit a 10,000 mile walking mile um, goal. And so you know that you are held accountable to that group to accomplish this goal. So understanding yourself in that perspective um, will really help you start this habit. Um, And then aside from that, there are other ways that you could really help your um, 
help your habits continue on. So one thing is your environment. Your environment actually is incredibly important when it comes to your motivation. Um, so after you understand like why you want to change and your personal tendency to change, then you have to create the right circumstances for yourself, right? And so the habit has to be a big part of your life. It has to be a big cue for you to really instill this new form, this new habit for yourself. Um, I, I talked about like the candy jars, for example, if you're walking by someone's desk and they have a candy jar that, and you are really trying to cut the amount of sugar you're trying, you're going to consume, you have to change the environment that you're in. You cannot continue to walk that same path. Otherwise, you're always going to be, um, your cue will always be there to stick your hand in that candy jar. And then one other thing that I would like to add to that. So I was just thinking in my head as you're going over the the four, you know, the four tendencies and how to handle them. I'm like, okay, she's talking about an upholder. She's talking about, um, a questioner. She's talking about an obliger. And I'm like, yeah, but there's still a rebel. So for those of you guys who have never read Gretchen Rubin's Four Tendencies, it's an amazing book. Maya actually recommended it to me and I read it a couple of years ago and it's been life changing. But the questioner one, and no, this is the only thing that I want to add to this. Um, after doing a little bit more research, uh, knowing about, oh, sorry, not questioners, rebels, having a few of them uh, significantly in my life. Um Thinking about who you identify as or if you want to identify as someone or something different and really, really, really recognizing yourself as that. And so like if your goal is to go for a run three times a week, really and truly identifying yourself as a runner. Um, and so that was actually something that I, I said to my yesterday. I said, I'm identifying myself as a strength and conditioning coach. I'm not yet. I'm starting to study for it. But like the fact that I'm actually starting, studying is very difficult for me. Um, <laughs> I'm not very motivated to get out my 12 pound, my 12 pound book and haul it, you know, down to the pool and read um, about hormones and, <laughs> um, and other very, um, very difficult topics. Um, it's very, it's not, I'm not very motivated to do it, but, um, I'm starting to identify myself as a strength and conditioning coach. And the more I do that, the more I'm like, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I definitely, I want to study. I want to, I want to study. So I'm prepared so I can take the test and like actually get the certification. So that was the one thing that's just like one little thing that I wanted to add to that for you guys. There's um, there's a science behind that, actually. Um, there's Ooh. a great TED Talk out there by Amy Cuddy, C-U-D-D-Y, about um, this term we've always heard as fake it until you make it, right? The, the, the actual science behind it, the actual term that we really should be telling ourselves is fake it until you become it. Because the more you think about it, the more you identify, like you said, as you, you create a new identity for yourself, the more you're going to subconsciously make the decisions that get you to that identity. Mm -hmm. So identify as if you simply identify as I'm a healthy person, then all of a sudden you're like, oh, I, I don't need to go through the drive through or, oh, you know, I am going to 
go get up and go to yoga before the rest of my family wakes up on Saturday. Because you're a healthy person. That's what a healthy person would do. So that's kind of cool. Yeah. Yeah. You, you meal plan, you, you think through, you, you don't get distracted or detracted um, with maybe the rest of the family wants to eat mac and cheese, but you identify as a healthy person and you say, you know what, that's fine. You guys can eat mac and cheese. I will just eat my salad. Not a Mm -hmm. big deal. Yep. And then you're not even like resentful about it because you're doing what your heart wants. Exactly. So while we're talking about getting sidetracked, sidetracked, um, (laughs) let's kind of talk about um, how easy it's going to be for people to get sidetracked because restaurants are going to be open again. Um, You can go back out to eat and like have someone bring you dinner and drinks and you're going to be back into back in the office for eight hours a day again. Um, How can we maintain this lifestyle of health even when we have all of these distractions? So one of my favorite things that you talk about in your um, commit to fit program and group is rules, setting the rules and essentially boundaries. And I never actually thought about that until I was in your group and realized that I do, I have certain rules that I focus on for it's just personal rules that help me stay focused to my health goals, to the habits that I'm trying to create, to the identity that I want to see or be. Um, and so creating these rules and starting really slow and small um, to really help has been uh, incredibly life changing. And um, so, for example, one of my rules was always. For being in corporate America, potlucks are a thing. And don't know if they will be a thing, but they were a thing. And one of my rules was always don't eat anything that's store-bought. Because nine out of ten times, those things are disappointing for me. So if we're having a potluck, I will always do my best to try things that look. So somebody, you know, put effort or time or love into that made it at home. I will definitely give it a little bit of a try. I will always, and my other rule is always bring what I would want to eat. I am the crazy lady who for our Thanksgiving potluck brings a giant salad. And I know that sounds so weird because everyone's bringing mac and cheese and stuffing and green beans and all this like fat butter stuff. And it's delicious. But I also want to make sure that my plate is half greens and things that are not loaded in butter and sugar. And so I bring salad and believe it or not, I go home with a an empty bowl because other people are also wanting that salad. Excellent. And then um, what would you say would be three small changes or healthy habits that anyone can implement that will make the greatest impact on their lives? So I, I, I look at it in the perspective of your mental load or your willpower. So what can you do to lessen your mental load to have more uh, chance for, to, for you to use your willpower on something that means a lot? So 
for me, going back to work, I'm, I plan my outfits in advance. Even if I don't hang them up, I know in my mind what I'm going to wear the next day. Never snooze your alarm is number two. If you are wanting to start a morning workout routine, maybe it's earlier than what you've been doing because now you have a commute and everything else involved. Um, number one rule is never snooze the alarm. Uh, Mel Robbins has a great five, four, three, two, one, and then your feet hit the floor and you go, but don't snooze the alarm. The more you snooze, the more you are um, shaking up your system and the more likely you're just not going to do what you're set to do. And then my third um, big, big habit is always drink your water. Water is so important to our bodies and to our minds to flush our system. But also when you, again, working in the corporate environment, you're sitting all day, that's going to be a little alarm, your own personal body alarm telling you to get up and move. I love it. Those are very, very simple, basic things that anyone can do, no matter what your life is going to look like, you know, whether you're in quarantine or not. Um, so Maya, is there anything else that you feel like we didn't cover that you need to add today that you really just want to drive home? I, I had another thought, um, if you don't mind, one of the things I really I want people, especially again, this is going to the people that are, are going to go back to a corporate or a desk environment or something of that nature. And I want you all to learn what are going to be the new rules of your office. Um, for example, when my company started to do a really, really slow phased in approach, one of the things we did was we actually closed off our water fountains and water coolers and even the common areas and microwaves. So we weren't able to access that. So I obviously I, I work in HR, so I knew that, but you might not know that. Or maybe your HR is swamped and hasn't got that information. Just reaching out to your company, um, to your manager, your HR, letting them, asking them what are going to be my rules so that you can plan ahead for those rules. I bought a giant gallon jug that I could lug around my water with um, because we we weren't allowing access to the water fountains and water coolers at that time. So really, really planning ahead and just being prepared. Yeah. I feel like, yeah, that's definitely crucial for sure. Um, all right. So tell everybody where we can find you and follow you on social media and on your site so we can uh, just keep up with everything that's going on um, in your life and all of the wonderful tips that you have for us going forward. Well, thank you. Um, yeah, you can find me at corporatemama.com. That's corporate and then hyphen mama, M-A-M-A.com. Or you can follow me on Instagram. It's it's I-A-M-Z-B-E-E, I-M-Z-B. And I just post, a lot of times I just post all the wonderful workouts I've completed that Kira has um decided to kill me with but I am I do post like quotes and thoughtful um journaling prompts or my favorite thing to do is just really post things items I find on Amazon that have like helped my life so if you're into that feel free to follow me yeah good for a follow she she's definitely um 
you're very uplifting and very positive and we could all use a little bit more of that in our lives. <laughs> well, thank you. All right, guys. Well, thank you all for listening. Thank you so much, for Maya, for being on today. And if you guys ever have any questions for us, please feel free to reach out. Um, you guys can find me at kirawilliamsfitness.com and all my contact info is on there. So if you have any questions for me or questions for Maya, feel free to reach out to either one of us. And um, thank you guys for listening. Thanks, Maya, for being on. Thank you so much for having me. All right. Bye, everyone. Thank you. Bye.